to this week's edition of the Magic Hour. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky here uh, at the Forum Club uh, at the Athletic. Uh, you just It's an, an onion that you keep peeling until you get to the juicy center of our podcast. And you're crying. Yes. But hopefully tears of joy. Yeah. Well, just onions make you cry. That's No, I, I understood what you meant. Um, but if nothing else, you're moved. One yeah. way or the other. I mean, onions are great too. I mean, they're worth the cry, just like this podcast. Yeah, that's right. And plus, so you, get to, you get to yell them if you hit a big shot in a basketball game. Yell, onions! Uh, anyway, uh, lots to talk about today, Andy. The Lakers have wrapped up a road trip, a two-in-one road trip. Kind of a weird one. Uh, so we'll break that one down, and uh, including look at some potential 1-8 matchups. We saw two of them. On the road trip with Memphis and with New Orleans on Sunday, uh, it's starting to get kind of crowded down there at the, uh, the at the eight seed. So we'll look uh, potentially ahead at what the Lakers might see. Um, also looking ahead to this week, Philly Tuesday, Milwaukee Friday, the Clippers on Sunday. The weekend, as the kids say, Andy, is going to be lit. <laughs> Do they yes. still say that the kids? Um, I don't know. Unfortunately, you and I are At too one old. point. They might have. Well, the problem is, you and I, Brian, are too old to know, and our kids are too young to know. Like all, right. all of our kids, I'm are... also too old to be lit. Like yeah. I think, like I, I, I don't think I am. I think, <laughs> I, I think I you was. are most decidedly not, not lit. lit. Yeah. Um, uh, Clip, uh, the Lakers made a roster move this week. They released Troy Daniels. Um, that's not really the important part. The important part is who might be coming. Um, they got a big workout coming this week, Andy. It's a little scary. Yes, uh, so it we'll is. We'll talk about that. Steve Ballmer is interested in buying the forum. That's kind yeah. of a boss move. He's, and, uh, uh, he's moving pretty far, apparently, yeah. in uh, the discussions with Madison Square Garden, the uh, a.k.a. James Dolan. That's right. They're 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 going to stop suing each other and start selling to each other. And finally, uh, if we, if we can get some time for this, uh, Trevor Reese is not here for your Gen Z showboating bullshit, Trey Young. <laughs> um, so we hope to cover that. Former Laker uh, Trevor Reese got a little salty um, over the weekend with Trey Young. So uh, we'll start with the road trip though. It was a two on one trip, and it was a strange one because LeBron didn't play. Thursday, correct? Thursday against the Warriors. Um, Lakers won anyway because that is a G League team. And then everyone played. Well, it was as if like Steve Kerr and the Warriors recognized that without LeBron, you know, playing against the, the Lakers without LeBron, the Warriors were getting that much closer to a win that they don't need. So then all of a sudden, Andrew Wiggins had an ailment. It's like two can play at this yeah, game. Yeah, no, I, I get it. No, but, oh, the Warriors and then, are and taking. Then, like 10 minutes into the game, Draymond Green gets himself ejected, and it really looked like he was just like, you know, I don't need to I don't be playing need to be in this. here for this. Yes. Like, I mean, he, he looked like even by, Dr you know, Draymond, we all know, can have a temper, but it really looked like Draymond was mostly It was getting actually, it was the last important thing that Troy Daniels did as a Laker was letting LeBron hide behind him while LeBron was laughing his ass off at Draymond. <laughs> yeah. Having his temper tantrum. Yeah, and it really seemed though like Draymond was mostly fed up at the idea of being in this game. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, and I don't blame him. No, I, I mean, don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, he's not here for this, and so that that happened. But the Lakers won that game, and that was not terribly instructive. But then everyone was back for the Memphis game, except Danny except Green. Danny Green, and they got their asses handed to them. They yes, were terrible. They it was one of the worst. If Arguably the worst game the Lakers played all year, but certainly, you know, bottom five. And then AD misses Sunday's game against the Pellies. Along with Alex Caruso. Along with Alex Caruso. And you notice the difference there, especially defensively with the Lakers. Um, but the Lakers win. A very, yeah. very exciting win. Uh, a very hard fought win. And a game that seems to, at least for Monday, it's going to do this for Monday morning, reignite. Uh, LeBron James, is he the MVP actually over Giannis Antetokounmpo conversations? And Andy, I know that you love nothing more than who is the MVP. Let's break it down. I mean, the only thing I love more, Brian, is a robust discussion about is, uh, is this guy better than Michael Jordan? Right. Or who needs it more? Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about who needs it more. I mean, look, I Whoever don't... Whoever who is and whatever it is, let's I talk about think that. I think... Anybody is going to end up usurping Giannis from repeating this year. He is the best player on by far the best team in the NBA. 
But there's also no question that LeBron is having an MVP right. caliber and it's, season. What's funny about this, too, is like, I mean, LeBron was amazeballs against the, uh, the Pelicans on Sunday. 36 minutes, 14 of 21 from the floor, 34 uh, points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds. They call that a triple-double, which is also lit. Mm. Um, no, those are super lit. Um, and he had two steals. He was a plus 22. He, did, he played very excellent basketball. Um, Giannis had what, like 41, 20, and sixth on Sunday? Yeah, and I believe it was in under 35 minutes. Right. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, I mean, granted, they were playing Charlotte. The Lakers were playing the Pelicans, better team. But it's like, the point is, Giannis has just been, Giannis has been better on a better team over the course of the season in terms of, Offensive impact, defensive impact, but it doesn't. I mean, honestly, is like per thirty-six minutes or like a billion, right. <laughs> like across the board. Right. He's averaging seventy-nine points a game. Well, but also he just he he does all, all the numbers that Giannis puts up, which are incredible. I mean, I think he's averaging like thirty minutes a game, something like that. I it's, mean, it's right about. I mean, the, honestly, the only argument you can make with the, the the argument that you make for the Lakers is that when Giannis doesn't play, the Bucks don't struggle nearly as much. As when LeBron doesn't play for the Lakers, but that's not really an argument for MVP. It's an argument for the Lakers to have better players. It's also, by the way, an argument that makes you a little bit nervous about the Lakers playing the Bucks in the finals, yes. assuming they get there. Because yes, it does. You know, that that whole that whole looking for holes things in the Bucks there doesn't seem to there be are a many. Lot. But like no, but I mean, if it's anything, it's that they're one dimensional and. Um, you know, if if you can slow down Giannis, I mean, really, everything is a referendum on how good do you think Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe are. Um, I mean, uh, what you really hope for is that Eric Bledsoe reverts to what has been Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. Sure. But, you know, the Middleton's not good enough to be that guy who can step up and oh, win. He's been, he's been pretty, pretty good, good this year. Good this <laughs> he's year. been really good. Like, got off to a really slow start. And since then, it's been Chris Middleton really has, good. he is having a terrific season. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I want to I want to ask you a, a couple things about the road trip, uh, specifically around players, because really we're going to get to Memphis and and New Orleans and what we saw when we talk about who the Lakers play as an eight seed. What'd you think of Morris? First kind of extended run for Markeith. I think he looks fine. I mean, he's. He's not shooting at a great percentage. Did but better I'm sure, on Sunday, but I'm, eight, I'm but sure. Overall, to, I'm right. sure to some degree he's still figuring out, you know, how his teammates play. You know, exactly the best spots for him to be on the floor. You know, like uh, rotations, all that, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna take, you know, more than a handful of games, I think, for him to be completely comfortable. Oh, for sure. And you know, also too, th- this changes the rotation a bit in terms of. The way other guys, in particular Kuzma, gets used. Well, wi- particularly Troy Daniels. Well, <laughs> but also too, like it, it changes a little bit how everyone else plays on the floor, which means you know getting Markeith Morris completely up to speed is going to be dependent on all these other guys. I'll make up a word: regelling. You know what I mean? So I, he's been fine. I don't. I have not watched him be like, oh damn, the Lakers just you know hit another gear. Oh snap. But oh my God, you are trying to be <laughs> I'm lit, trying. Brian. You no, are, it's 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 you, you are know. trying to be one big walking human fire emoji right now. I am. I don't even know what that means. We're like, <laughs> is that you know? Because it's like you're on fire. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm just over here sipping the tea, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think he's Did been still fine. Say that? I, I I think he's been fine. I think you can you can see ways that he'll help the team. Um, if you're I don't think he necessarily feels like a piece that could put the Lakers over the top in the same way Marcus Morris looks like he could be with the Clippers. Oh yeah, that ceiling's higher. Yeah, it's one of the like we talked about it last week when when they signed him. It's like he and I think it's played out this way. He doesn't really solve any of their no. problems, but he's better than you know eight through thirteen or whatever they were having. So he's like. It's like there's no harm in having him there, and he's better than Jared Dudley, or you know, and, and you know, better than Troy Daniels. He's better than Quinn Cook most nights, or whatever. So it's like okay, and, and he's better than anybody else at that position that they were going to get. Oh the yeah, for sure. So it's fine. Yeah, I wish there was more to say about it, but like, it's no, fine. I, I, you can see where he will help. It just. The biggest problem areas the Lakers have had all year, either having secondary playmaking when LeBron is off the floor, 
um, or guys who can slow or check athletic larger wings. No. Neither one of those are Markeith Morris's strong suit. And, you know, he's been he's been really good from outside with Detroit this year, but it was also an outlier for oh, his by percentages a lot. by a lot. By a lot. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to make a judgment one way or another based yeah, off three it. games with the Lakers. Right. But, he, you know, so far he has not been great from outside. So, and the other guy is Kuz. And Kuzma was 8 of 18 on Sunday against the Pelicans. 20 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. Um, you go back to Thursday's game against the Warriors. Kuz had a pretty good night. LeBron didn't play. Granted, again, it's a G League team that they're playing against. But Kuz had 18 points, 8 of 17 from the floor, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. But, the, you know, you kind of look through it again. He, like everybody else, was pretty bad against Memphis on Saturday. But, at, like, everyone was. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... I was asked this question. I did a TV spectrum, you know, the, the Lakers TV network on Friday. And we were talking about Kuzma off of the good game Thursday. And I go back to the same thing every time he does this. He did it Sunday without um, AD on the floor. He did it Thursday, you could say, without LeBron on the floor. Puts up some points, seems to have some bounce. Seems to, what do I do with any of that? It, it doesn't matter. Like, if the Lakers don't have Kuz, if the Lakers don't have Davis or LeBron, they're they're going to be in big trouble in the playoffs. Kuzma is not going to save them, being better, scoring, whatever. It doesn't matter what how he performs when those guys don't play. It's nice, maybe it's helpful over the summer when they finally think finally decide to trade him. But in terms of practical impact for this team, it's meaningless. All that matters is how he performs. When those guys do play. Well, I mean, what I will say has been a positive in terms of what we've seen from Kuzma, um, particularly since Markeith Morris was brought in and Kuzma has been moved more to the three, not exclusively, but, but certainly more. And, you know, some of those minutes I think can be instructive because those can be minutes where you don't have LeBron or AD on the floor just as part of the rotation. Mm -hmm. So what he does there, I think, is actually significant because that's not the same thing as, you know, the entirety of a game played without LeBron or without AD. And one thing that we are seeing, and this was something that I thought could potentially happen, is with Markeith now out there spacing the floor and somebody who, I, I, if nothing else, I think is going to be regarded as more of a threat than Kuzma or is more well, of a threat than some right. of the other people who have For been sure. out there spacing the floor. We're seeing Kuzma having more open lanes to attack. Right. And he's been taking advantage of that's that. That's true. And I, and that's not. I mean, like, to, uh, Sunday Sunday night, and we're recording Sunday night into Monday, you know, he, he had a lot of straight line drives to the basket, you know, used Zion a couple times, just kind of blew past him and uh, for dunks. Which was nice to see. Flip side is, man, and I, I do not mean this as criticism of Kuzma because, you know, get in line with about uh, what I'm about to say. Man, does he not enjoy those assignments defending Zion. No. <laughs> I mean, again, he ain't the only one. No. But, like, it would be a really interesting poll, and maybe we'll put this out on Twitter, at Cam Brothers. Like, who enjoys their assignment less, Kuzma guarding Zion or Josh Hart guarding LeBron? Kuzma guarding Zion. I don't know, man. <laughs> Hart. <laughs> no, but I think like Hart kind of relishes those sorts of challenges. You know what? He probably relished it more like heading into maybe like last week's matchup where he was doing this against LeBron. Well, I mean, by like, now and then starting to think about this in a seven game series. I don't want to skip ahead too much, but like he's you know, got to be thinking like Josh Hart oh, or Drew Holiday. Yeah, I don't think he had fun either. Uh, no, I, but like they did it again. They made him do it again. Like we saw it at Staples Center last week. LeBron lit up Drew Holiday. He's yeah. a good defender, but he's also like 65 pounds lighter than LeBron. And like eight inches short. Right. I mean, and Josh Hart is a sturdy fellow. There's no question, but he can't guard LeBron. Um, the, the thing about it is that Kuz, I agree with you. Like that part of it's good. Um, he was three of 14 from three-point range on the, on the trip. He hit a big one on Sunday. LeBron... Drawing double teams all over the place, found Kuz in the corner late in the fourth, and he hit a big three that they needed. I will give him credit for that. But he was two of eight from three um, overall. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, he played a pretty good game on Saturday or Sunday. 
I don't know what to do with these things. I don't think it matters. It's just, it's nice. But all it really does is get us asking him questions about like, you know, hey, you're, you do better when your role is bigger. And like he, you can tell he wants to say, yes, I do. Give me more shots. I'll be awesome. But he can't say that. Well, I mean, he, he has said many times when you, when you talk with him about his role, his responses, and, and I'm not really even saying in so many words, I think this often is the exact words, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is my role. I don't think he enjoys it as no. much as the roles he's had in the past. I think he also recognizes like, you know, this is part of a big boy role on a big boy team. Let me ask you this one though, because- whether he likes it or not. No, but this is, and we'll move on after this, you know, off of, uh, you know, onto the, the, the one eight thing. I understand like the Lakers have to, the Lakers have to, to kind of deal with Kuzma as he is in the context of this team. He's never going to be a number one option. He's never going to be a number two option because even after, if LeBron retired after next time, they're going to go out and try to sign another star free agent. Well, plus he also plays the same position as the guy that would be the number one. Right, but there there is a long list. Oh, of, I just want to make sure also, that's I don't noted. Also, I don't think he's that good. Oh, but maybe, that's, but, but. If you're another team, though, and you're like, oh, like everybody's like, well, but if he had more opportunity for this, where is he going to go where Kuz becomes a, certainly if not a number one, like a, a clear number two, like I'm not sure there are a lot of teams. And so what I worry about, you know, as a, you know, if, if you're the Lakers is looking around the league, like, yeah, he's got to fit into the context in LA, but he's also got to fit in the context of where, where can he go to be given the kind of role where in theory, Kyle Kuzma flourishes. I don't expect you to have a team off the top of your head, but you understand what I'm getting no, at? No, I understand. Okay. And I, I think it's, I think it's going to be problematic in terms of, of, of his trade value this summer. I just, I wonder, he's 25. I wonder how high it is. I mean, he, he ultimately needs a team. Okay, here, this is just one off the top of be, my head. It have to be a bad one. This is one off the top of my head. Um, if, say, the Thunder uh, weren't able to re-sign Gallinari for whatever reason, somewhere like OKC where they're so guard heavy. Maybe. Yeah, I guess you could say. You could he needs, to, he needs to go somewhere where they have a lot of guards they could use more scoring help at a 3-4, you know, and then go around the NBA. I mean, just in where are teams but like that? But like in pecking order, like they still, they still have CP. And CP is not a volume guy in the same way that, that other people are. But, you know, Gilgis Alexander sure, is there. I mean, I mean, but I mean, like in I terms just, of just finding floor yeah, maybe, balance, that maybe, would be it. Maybe. Uh, but, he's not, but the, you know, the shooting is, is starting to become problematic. It's getting, starting to become clear that it seems like the rookie season is the exception, not the rule. Yeah. I just, and I'm not rooting against the guy. I just, I, I, I am worried about what happens this summer, like this assumption that, oh yeah, when you need to, you can just go flip coups for like real good value. I don't know if that's true. Well, especially when he doesn't even make enough money. I mean, there, there are just so many different complicated right. and factors. And then next with- year, but then you're getting one year closer to having to sign right. him. Although I think it's not, he's not a max guy. So I mean, you know, maybe that's. No, and I mean, and I helps, think he has played well enough that there will be teams oh, interested he's a good, in him. He's a good player, but I think there's just a gap between sort of what people think Kuzma is as a trade chip and what he actually will be as a trade chip. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think I think people are going to be surprised by it, um, or maybe I, maybe I will be. It only takes one team. I just, I, I think every other team in the league is going to kind of run into this problem, you know, because it's just hard for him to be a number one or a number two guy on a decent I team. think it has a lot to do with just what do you have on that's your roster? Point. And in particular, is it imbalanced towards the backcourt? Yeah, that's Again, a really good point. If Gallo wasn't there with the Thunder, OKC to me seems like a team where he actually could have a role. All right, so the Lakers will go to sleep on Sunday night uh, on, you know, uh, at, with a six-game lead in the loss column over Denver, a six-game lead in the loss column over the Clippers, and a seven-game lead in the loss column over the Rockets. So, um, barring catastrophe, they're going to be the number one seed in the West. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 46 and 13, that's that's not many games left. It's like 23 games. They're not going to lose 
that. It, it would be pretty stunning. Right. I mean, Again, if barring it, catastrophe. I was going to say, if that happens, it could very well signal an injury that is a bigger problem or a than a couple of them. And yeah. they're, right, the season's done anyway. Down at the bottom of the conference now, um, beating the Pelicans pushes them eight games under 500. You'd think that would make it kind of curtains. It is not. The Grizzlies are uh, 29 and 31 as of Sunday night. They've lost four of six, but they did win their last game, which was, of course, against the Lakers. They have a three-game lead on New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio. And then Portland, without Damian Lillard, has really started to slide. They are three and a half games back. First of all, how many of those teams do you think have a realistic shot of getting in? Um, I think truly realistic would be either Memphis or New Orleans. Memphis and New Orleans. Because they're the, be- they're the best teams. I think they're the best ones. Sacramento's been playing pretty well yeah, lately. Yeah, they won eight of 11, I yeah, think. Yeah, they've been playing pretty well lately, but they've just been so weird all year. I don't trust that. I, I don't. I mean, I'm rooting for Luke. Yeah, so am I. I mean, but they've been really weird all year. And look, maybe some of the weirdness has taken them to where they need to go. Like, you know, they're playing Buddy Heald off the bench, which, you know, yeah. after the contract they gave him seemed unfathomable, but, you know, it's coincided with some winning. I, I don't watch them close enough to know if A equals B, but. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not dedicated enough to my craft it, for that. It feels to me like either Memphis or New Orleans, because I think ultimately those are the two best teams. Yeah. I mean, San Antonio is still there. It's like, it's weird that they're still there, yeah. but they, they've not been good of late. And they're just not very good. No, I mean, they're not a very talented team. You know they're going to be well-coached. You know they're going to be professional, you know, and that's just who they are. But it's just not. But it's hard, though, because, I mean, look, from what we've seen this year, Memphis and New Orleans, they're doing a lot of things right over there. Mm -hmm. And they're also more talented and further ahead in the standings in San Antonio. So, and then Portland, how much longer is Lillard out? Not sure, but man... they can't not that afford- good anyway, yeah, but I mean, but they also, you know, they're waiting to get Nurkic back. Like, right. I mean, they can't afford to go. I mean, uh, what's his name too? Zach Collins isn't back yet either, right? I don't believe so. I mean, they, they can only afford to go so much longer yeah, without a full that squad. Doesn't, that doesn't look good. Um, so the Lakers played both the Memphis and New Orleans this this weekend. Do you take anything from? I mean, Memphis has the I believe the hardest remaining schedule of any team yes. in the league. New Orleans has one of the easiest, and they're missing uh, Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jr. And Brandon Clark and Brandon Clark, and um, they have a couple other guys. I mean, like they played, they played John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas, Dylan Brooks, and a G League team on Saturday, and and beat the Lakers badly. Um, as much a function of the Lakers just coming out flat and playing really bad basketball. Yeah, they but, were I mean, DNP they, uninterested. Yes, but they're but they're gonna play hard, and you know, if you have to choose, let's do this two ways. If you have to choose as a Lakers person, which team would you rather play? I would say Memphis. Assuming Memphis is gonna be healthy, I mean Jackson yeah. should be back yeah. by the playoffs. Brandon be. Clark should right. be back. Um, I would say Memphis because yeah, at the, they're a good team, and mm-hmm. you know they've absolutely had a fantastic season. And, you know, John Morant can give them trouble in a game or, and a guy like Dylan Brooks, who, you know, he's having a terrific season. Yeah. He, he gets hot, you know, but he's, he's also, not, a, he's not a, he's not an efficient guy, but he's but also, he he's score. like six, seven, two twenty five, two thirty, which is the exact prototype player mm-hmm. that gives the Lakers problems. But ultimately Memphis is so collectively inexperienced that, and I think they are collectively less talented than New Orleans. They're the team I would rather have. Dylan Brooks has emerged. He was one of the, he was part of that. We traded the wrong yeah. Brooks thing. Yeah. It was a it was Marshawn. Marshawn. <laughs> yes. So Dylan has emerged from that shadow this year. And so good for him. Um, I agree with you. Memphis is the much more, I think, quick win, easier win. They're going to play really hard. They're too stupid to know, like too dumb and young to know that they're not supposed to have a chance and they'll. They'll be annoying. And look, there, um, there will be games where the Lakers struggle right. to contain they, John Morant. They, they, could, they could win a game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, think they, so that's, too. I would probably say Lakers in five. Yes. But, you know, they could win a game. And if the Lakers aren't paying attention, they could win two. New Orleans, if they get in, A, it means they will have kind of rallied over the second half of the season. And what we saw over these last couple games, Brandon Ingram was not good on Sunday in terms of efficiency, certainly. Zion Williamson is a freak. He is just different. Like it is 
it, there are guys around the league that you look at them and like that is different than everyone else. LeBron is one of those guys. You know, Giannis is one of those guys. I'm not saying Zion is that good yet. He's obviously not. Shaq was one of those Shaq guys. Shaq was one of those guys. And then there are other like star players where you go like, okay, well, he's like these other people. Like Zion is just different. Like that is a different thing. I don't want to play that for seven games if I'm like trying to get out of Dodge quickly. And then you have Lonzo, who looked great on Sunday and has been a really good player over the second half, of the, you know, over the, you know, since he came back from injury, really. Brandon Ingram is an all star, struggles against the Lakers, but he's an all star. Actually, he didn't struggle against really the Lakers good. in the last game they played at Staples. No, Center. He, and the, he's played one good of the four games they've played. He's played one good game. Uh, but he's, he's a really good player. And, you know, you got Josh Hart, you got Aton Moore, you got Drew Holiday, JJ, Redick, like, JJ like Derek that's, Favors. Like, that's a yes. good team. I'm really, by the way, happy they didn't break that up and like trade Drew Holiday before you find out what you have. Like this team next year could be a middle mid level. Well, look, easily. it's it's plainly obvious that if Zion had been there the whole year, oh, they'd they, be, they'd be well in. They they yeah. they'd be like a six, maybe a five seed. So, like we saw on Sunday and last week when they played at Staples Center why i don't think they can beat the lakers and like for all the there it's a tougher opponent no question but i don't think they're that all that threatening they can't guard lebron they have zero capacity to guard lebron they tr- they josh hart drew holiday you mentioned Ingram. before Ingram. In, like none of those people no. can guard lebron and so then you have to send doubles at him constantly and there's probably no player in the nba that is worse to send a double team at than LeBron James because he will always find the open guy. So in that sense, I'm not worried the Lakers wouldn't win. They'd lose a game, may, again, maybe two if they're not paying attention. I actually think they could lose two games if they were paying attention. The I don't think the, they would. I, I, think, I, I think they get out of there fast enough. I mean, they could, but they, I don't they think they could, would. They could, but like, here's the difference. The Grizzlies, to me, are much more likely to get swept than the Pelicans. I would agree. I mean, like much more. And if I had to bet on the Pelicans losing in six or the Pelicans losing in four, I'd take I'd six. put all my money on six. So you have very little money. It should be noted. Fair. But but, but I need it that but, much more. But that's true. That little. It's that much more valuable. That is an excellent point. I mean, that point. actually lets you know just how confident that's, I am. No, that's I'm a, putting that's it a all really, down. really good point. So from a, from a pure basketball standpoint, like, if you want the easiest, like we've spent a lot of time talking about how like the, the advantage of the number one seed isn't home court advantage in the Western Conference Finals. Oh, well, it's nice. It's that you only have to play the, you know, if you believe that Denver and the Clippers are, are the most elite teams in the West, or if Houston rallies really hard and gets themselves in that top two, you know, maybe two or three, like maybe they're the best, you know, and they've been good lately. You only have to play one, those teams once. And... You know, as opposed to having to go through all of them to get through the finals. So you wanted the easiest path. Memphis makes an easier path than New Orleans. Would you agree? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. The other side of that question is, what do you want to see as a basketball fan? Oh my God, it's the Pelicans. It's not even it's close. Not even close. Oh my, I mean, I, I actually wrote about this, Brian, recently for the, for the Athletic, um, about how all Laker fans and all basketball fans should be rooting for Lakers-Pelicans in the first round. And there's a bunch of different reasons, like... In terms of the storylines where you've got, you know, the former franchise face for the Pelicans, AD, versus the new franchise face in Zion. Right. You've got the former Laker kids, you know, two of which, Ingram and Lonzo, were once propped up as untouchable and, you know, the new face of the Lakers. They're going up against the team that traded them. You know, I, I actually everything. think- Everything. It's yeah, got everything. Yeah. I actually think, you know, they would be a challenging enough opening round and there's value in that. I think the entertainment factor would be through the roof. Yeah, I'm only there for the entertainment factor. But, but the the number one reason to me that you want the Lakers versus the Pelicans is you get LeBron versus Zion in the playoffs. Two like generational transformational players in that type of matchup. And that's something you don't always get and any and you know like a type of thing that you'll look back on in history regardless That's a really, it's a really regardless right. of the results and it's one regardless. of the like oh you remember that time you remember when lebron and zion first like, well, it's like we you go back and we see all like the kobe jordan all-star 
yeah footage like it's just these little well, moments I mean, that are awesome yeah and, and you don't always get those like we were promised for years by nike with the puppets that we yeah. were going to be getting kobe and lebron in the finals it and happened. it never happened nope. or like you know we eventually got kobe and the lakers versus durant westbrook and harden you know back when that was yep. a thing and you know it's funny actually because they played the lakers in 2010 the Lakers won that opening round series, but they that was a series that announced like you better beat these guys now because that time's ending right. soon. It was two years was later. Two years later, they lost. Two them. years later, the the Thunder beat the Lakers. Then the following season, Kobe tore his Achilles. So it's like you know it was really fortunate that that type of matchup where you've got like Kobe versus Durant happened in that window because, because otherwise you may never gotten it. Right. I mean, you, and you That's never true. know. So I just feel like like LeBron versus Zion. Like Zion is the most hyped player we've seen since LeBron. Yep. Like in a lot of ways, like Zion, as we know him now, doesn't happen without LeBron, you know, paving that type of hype foundation. You want to see that. I, I absolutely, yeah, the, it is, it, it, you, you never get one eight matchups that are this cool. It just. I'm sorry. I, yes, it makes the Lakers path a little harder. I'm sure Lakers fans are like, no, we can't. No, we're well, here to be entertained. All right. Well, and I want I also want to, let's be honest, if it's that if it's big that, of a deal, not getting the, right. Not I mean, you really ought to be worried about their odds of winning a championship, oh, man. I apologize also for my sniffles. I've got, I've got, the, I've got the sickness. It's a very nerve wracking time, by the way, to be sick. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't think I've got the coronavirus. I have children, which is. Germ wise, I'm not sure there's a difference, but I, 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 but just I know you. This is probably making you very uncomfortable. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I had noticed that you were kind of stuffed up and stuffy, I had, little, little cough. I hadn't really given it much thought until you put it into those terms. I've recently been to Wuhan. <laughs> now I'm, I'm kind of yeah. terrified. Escape from Wuhan. I, yeah. I was the last guy out. Um, I don't think I, I think I just have a normal, like cold. But you'll find out. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. Something yeah. to look forward to. Andy is one of those people um, who believes that everyone around him who coughs has whatever the worst disease of the day is. Oh, this is a true story, by the way. Um, in 2009, uh, we covered that championship team. That, oh, uh, Soon Yue. Soon Yue. Uh, uh, the, the Japanese Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Johnson. Uh, he, he was not. <laughs> no, he was he not. Was not. Um, <laughs> he was He was oversold. <laughs> you know what he wasn't, Andy? Lit. <laughs> no. Soon Yue was not lit. He did, though, once get lost. He actually held up the team plane. Um, he got lost because he got <laughs> sent out on an in and out run. He couldn't find his way back. Team and yeah. He couldn't find his way back. Yeah. But uh, pre-ways. <laughs> this was pre-ways. Um, he's using like a Thomas guy <laughs> driving around from the facility it's to the airport. Um, but God, soon, that's a reference soon, 90% of the audience won't get. Soon contracted mono. Yes. Um, I have no idea <laughs> how because none of us ever saw Soon. Soon spent most of his time uh, with the then D-League. He was rarely, if ever, around the team. I never had a full conversation with Soon Yue. Right. And was rarely, if ever, even in the same airspace as Soon. But because Soon got mono, I spent, what, three months? Mm -hmm. Well, did you make out with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. I, like I said. I mean, again, no judgment. No, I... I, I, I mean, judgment... In the sense that it crosses a line professionally yes, as a does. reporter. No, it absolutely it's not, does. It's not. It's <laughs> not. No, it's not how you're supposed to get sources. No, it's, <laughs> it's just inappropriate right. in that regard. I mean, you have to, you have to let HR know right. all that stuff. It's just not. It's not. It's no, not no, no, okay, I, no. I, I, I made it very clear before. Soon and I were rarely, if ever, in the same place. But because of the fact that he had mono and I knew that he was rarely if ever around these players that i was often in the same space with brian yeah no you had, i was convinced mono. that i had mono um I, my favorite thing to do is when andy calls and says so i've got this thing in my refrigerator you think it's okay <laughs> uh, you know I, and I, I and i always say well i mean i'm, I'm sure it's probably fine because andy is also uh, doesn't like throwaway food. He's, no. he's frugal in that regard. It's Cheap. Not, no, it's not say. frugal. It's, a, it's wasteful. You don't want to be wasteful. It's, yeah, it's you the don't wasteful, want to be wasteful thing. It's not the money. It's okay. the wasteful. So he doesn't want to be wasteful. It's yeah, very I mean, good. There's kids starving all no, over this that's country. That's true. Adults so, too. He, it's it's these two things that are fighting against each other. So if you say, I, I'm I'm sure it's probably fine. 
that leaves just enough wiggle room that it might not be. Yeah. And it might, uh, the, the germs might kill you. In well, the I'm, I am petrified of both mold and expiration dates. Right. So it's, it's really fun. Yeah. I, I like to try to eat stuff at least two to three days before the expiration. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to be safe, be ready for next week when Andy shows up wearing a mask and he's a little hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I want to preview uh, the week upcoming. Uh, but before we do, we'd like to pause just for a second to ask you, uh, our, our wonderful listeners, our excellent listeners, um, to click on the show notes for today's episode and follow that link. Uh, it's there. It goes to a very short survey. And you know so much about us. And you've just learned more about Andy. Yes. He also never wears pants. Mm. Um, it's part of my process. It's like Scrooge McDuck. Yes. He just doesn't wear pants. Yeah. Um, but we, we know less about Look, you. Look, the last time I wore pants, awful podcast. Yeah. So, look, you got to do what works. Mm-hmm. Um, it explains why we don't have a lot of in-studio guests. Yeah. Particularly female in-studio guests. <laughs> no, the males don't like it either. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes it. No. But it's a particularly bad HR violation the other way. Uh, and so, it's a survey. It's 11. And we're really- undies. I'm not, <laughs> not savage, man. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, he also doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> That's true. Um Seven, 11 really simple questions take you under 60 seconds unless you're just slow. Uh, we promise. So head over to the show notes for today's episodes and click the link. So thank you for that. Uh, help us make better shows. Yes. We know you better. We do better work. Um, so this week, the Lakers have what uh, originally would have been three incredible games. Injuries to Philadelphia have kind of made it two uh, good game. Philly's still dangerous, but we'll skip them for a second. No Ben Simmons, no Joel Embiid. Maybe no Josh Richardson. Probably no Josh Richardson. I got a concussion. Let's skip to the Milwaukee and Clippers. Milwaukee, <coughs> excuse me, on, on Friday, the Clippers on Sunday. You can only pick one, which one you got to win, which is most important. Clippers. I agree with you. Um, let's say they lose both. Scale of one to ten, the Armageddon style reaction. It's going to be at least a seven and a half, if not creeping into eight nine territory. Because I have a feeling, Brian, if they lose those games, it's going to be because they struggle to guard guys like Giannis, guys like Kawhi, Paul George, Chris Middleton, the Marcus, same Marcus Morris, right, goes the off. same type of wings that they've struggled to cover all season uh-huh. where it starts becoming evident, okay, this is a real thing for the Lakers that they may just not be able to fix internally. Well, styles make fights. And if the, the, the Lakers can win more games, they can have a better regular season record, they can be even a better team. And I'm, on paper, they are not. Um, but we are reaching a point where the Clippers, where you start to say, you know what? Like, okay, the ceiling and the paper expectations are just not being met by what we're actually seeing on the floor and at some point it's got to like your your upside doesn't really matter if you're not meeting it and so the clippers are running out of time a little bit but at the same time i mean they won this game against philadelphia but again it was against a depleted philadelphia at staples center and sometimes they look awesome i mean the the clippers hardly suck no they they played really well against denver a couple nights ago if they beat the lakers again and I realize you can sort of throw out both the games for whatever, but like certainly opening night is whatever. If they win, it's three straight. And if they beat them in the same ways, it's three straight where you're looking at the same way. And you start to fast forward to that matchup and go, well, this is going to be a problem. Like, where is the adjustment the Lakers can make? Um, the Milwaukee part's interesting just because I think of the MVP conversation. That's going to be a big topic on, on Friday when they play. And then that feeling that the Lakers haven't performed well against the most elite teams. And there is no team more elite than Milwaukee. They didn't distinguish themselves the first time. They haven't beaten the Clippers. It, it matters less because it's Eastern Conference. But it's, it definitely matters. I think. Well, it, it look, Milwaukee has been the best team in the NBA, Ryan, all season. Mm-hmm. And to put this in perspective, By a fair margin. 
I was going to say, to put this in perspective, the Lakers are sitting on a 78% winning percentage, which is great. Like, that's really, really great. Top notch. The Bucks have them beat by almost 10 percentage points. The Bucks are sitting at, like, rounding up 87% that's good. winning. So I'm just saying, like, the Lakers, what they're doing in any other year, you look at that and go, like, wow, that's fantastic. I mean, there's, there's only one team in the league with a better winning percentage than the Lakers, 78%. It's the Bucs. The Bucs are winning damn near 90% of their games. Like three, four or five points higher than the Lakers. The yeah, Lakers and again. The highest point differential in the, in the, the uh, Western Conference. The Bucs right now, their differential is 12.8. That's, you know, flirting with double the Lakers at 7.4. Mm-hmm. 7.4 is really good. Yes, it is. It's the best in the Western Conference. If, if, the, if the Lakers win, though, I do. Th- I mean, if they lose, they'll, they'll, they'll talk past whatever. I, there's a psychological, there's a psychological advantage to winning this game that it just puts, it, it puts them back on sort of equal footing because the makeup game is going to come in a stretch where the Lakers are then going to have a v- almost unheard of now back to back to back. They're going to play three, three games in three nights. So that's going to... You're talking about the makeup against the Clippers. The makeup the Clippers. against the Clippers from, the, uh, from the, the game that was canceled following Kobe's death. That, that's going to change the context of those games. And it comes in early April, right? When the Lakers theoretically will have, if not the number one seed wrapped up, pretty damn close. Yeah, it's, I don't remember the date off the top of my head. I know it's either April 7th, April 8th, or April 9th. Right, so I mean, it's, that I know. it's somewhere in there. The, Lakers, yes. they ought to, everyone's, the Lakers ought to know where they're going to be by that point. There may be even sort of strategic advantage to letting guys rest a little bit or, you know, make, you're not allowed to do that if they're not hurt. Finding a knee injury for someone somewhere. That makes Sunday's game kind of the last one where you look at it and go, this is a real one. And particularly if they don't win Friday, I think the Lakers are going to come out real hard um, for Sunday. But we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Uh, that's for sure. The Lakers have waived Troy Daniels. Um, not a huge loss. Daniels wasn't somebody that's, that's played a lot. Um, I think he's sort of hoping he could find somewhere to catch on and play a little bit more. The, that's not really the, the, the thing. The thing is, are they going to bring anyone else in? Uh, Dion Waiters has a workout on the second i believe uh this this that would be tomorrow tomorrow uh i guess the 15th of march the ides of march is two on the nose (laughs) (laughs) um that's not a good idea is it like they like you're done a deon waiters barely played basketball this year do you have time to integrate deon waiters into your lineup is that something you really want to be doing I don't know. I mean, what what's to worry about a guy who, according to Basketball Reference, his nicknames include Downhill Dion, Kobe Wade, Google Me, and Headache. Like, <laughs> I don't see what Does what's he call not himself, the like. Kobe gave himself Vino as a. Did Dion give himself Headache? It's as not made clear. I mean, <laughs> look, the the Lakers had earlier success with this with Dwight Howard in terms of a workout that everybody was skeptical about, and a lot of people thought that this was just you know, doing an agent a solid, you know, just doing diligence, but you know, it's not really going to happen. And they read the room well with Dwight, which at least gives them some benefit of the doubt in terms of how well they'll read it with Dion. Rob Palinka used to rep Dion Waiter. So there's that relationship. LeBron played with Dion. It went poorly, but that also means LeBron, who undoubtedly is going to sign off on this, knows what to look for. And, and it's, I mean, it is no harm, no foul. You cut Troy Daniels to make it work. And on paper, there are certain things Deion Waiters could do that would help this team. You know, he can provide some second unit scoring for There's, the backcourt. That's true. He can actually do some playmaking. A little bit. He he's if nothing else, he's he can he, he can, would be he can facilitate playmaking by being another person who can score by yeah. being somebody you have to pay. But also, I mean, to. look, the la- he's not far removed at all from two seasons back to back, where he averaged like four assists in thirty minutes. I mean, that's not bad. That's not nothing on, the, on this team. That that's would put nothing. him behind Rondo and LeBron statistically. So it's not insignificant. All right, I'm just gonna start putting names out. Um, you tell me if you think they should sign this person or Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters. Um, yeah, I, I, 
think he would be more helpful. J.R. Smith has not been a productive player in a long time. And he hasn't played basketball in, you know, almost two seasons. Um, Slava Medvedenko. Slava. Von Wafer. Von Wafer. All right, let's go get those guys. Yeah. It's a short list. There aren't many people out there. I mean, Alan Crabb just got waived by the Timberwolves. Yes. Tyler Johnson, maybe. I mean, Tyler, he's, if they wanted Tyler Johnson, they'd have no. I'm Tyler just saying, Johnson. like, if say they wanted basically Dion Waiters, who without quite as much headache and has played basketball this year. Yeah, I mean, that's about it. I mean, Alan Crabb provides you some three point shooting. Yeah, I mean, he's he's okay. He's fine. fine. Yeah, I mean, I would say honestly, and I wrote about this actually um, a few weeks ago when I did uh, buyout options for the Lakers. I said, look, if you're looking for the highest upside, other than it's, at the time, Mo Harkless, who's not getting bought out, but Mo Harkless would have addressed a need, I think, better than anybody out there in terms of wing defense. <laughs> Dion Waiters offers the highest potential upside for, fi- for filling needs. So if nothing else, he fills our needs to find interesting things to talk about down the stretch. Yeah. Because again, if the Lakers are kind of running away with the number one seed, there's, there's not a lot of drama. You want, Dion fixes that. You want to know something crazy, man? Yes. You know how old Dion Waiters is? Oh, I, way less old than you think. He's 28. Yeah. <laughs> He's way 28. less old than you think. There, people like Dion Waiters are, are put into two categories. They're either way older than you think, like that dude has lived, like, whoa, or they're like way younger. And yeah. there's Dion unquestionably in the way younger camp. Yeah. Um, I would have thought he was 30. Which still is younger than I think most people. It would just guess. feels like he's been causing trouble for longer than that. A lot longer yeah. than that. That's right. Um, Twenty eight. So wow. I look based on what they did with Dwight this year. I trust their ability to read the room. All right, that's fair enough. Um, last thing before we go. This was one of the most delightful things I have seen on a basketball court in a long time. Was it Saturday? I believe yeah, it, was, it was Saturday, Saturday night. The the Blazers and the Hawks are playing a completely meaningless basketball. No, not for Portland. Not for Portland. That but like, not meaningless it, it for will Portland. ultimately be meaningless, I think. Oh, it'll eventually be. Just right. it wasn't in the moment. It was they're still technically in in a playoff race. Um so Trey Young, who's got some flair to his game, I think we can all agree, a little zazz. Mm-hmm. Um He's lit. He's lit. He is coming down the floor and tries to dribble the ball, push the ball between Trevor Ariza's legs. They call that a nutmeg. Mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza was not, was not okay <laughs> with that. The ball goes through Trevor Ariza's legs. You, you get the nutmeg, and he basically just shoulder checks Trey Young and like Gandalf style, none shall pass, takes the foul, I forget if they call, ended up calling it a flagrant or not, but like, like there's no, he was not he here. He was given a flagrant. And probably deserved it. Oh, he definitely yeah. deserved it. So he, I mean, it was just like, he was, I am straight up. He not here for that bullshit. Trey young, you, you know, not doing that. Um, caused some tension, whatever, but it led to one of my favorite quotes that I've ever seen coming out of the NBA. I told him, don't do that bleep again. Not to me, at least. I don't know why I censored myself. I just used that word. Uh, I mean, I've never made an all defensive team or none of that. Should I just say it at this point? None of that shit. And he's an all-star. I actually took this from the athletic and if they can type it, I can say it. Um, so he can be creative by ways to get around me and now it gets good, but all like the funnies? <laughs> I'm not with the funnies. I don't like the funnies. That's that's I don't like the funnies. It was awesome too because afterward, like after the game ended, Trevor went out of his way to find Trey Young, give him a hug, tell him, him this. but like yanked him he over yank like him over. like a like a like a older he dog would yank a puppy. He, he did. But he, he did. But but I think he also did it in a way that, you know, it wasn't going to be confrontational again. It wasn't, we're meeting outside in the tunnel. It wasn't anything like that. Three o'clock high. <laughs> right. It was just, man, don't do that. Right. I love you. Great player. Stop that nonsense. And for like, He's first just of all, reminding like, him, he doesn't like the funnies. No, he doesn't like the funnies. <laughs> and it's a very Trevor quote. It's a very Trevor attitude. You and I covered Trevor when he was with the Lakers. We actually both like Trevor a He's lot. He's a great guy. He's a terrific guy. And he's... 
he is not by nature a shit talker. He's, no. I mean, he is very, very competitive, very, very fiery. And, you know, he, he's kind of like a calmer Matt Barnes. Cause when you and I covered Barnes, one of the things that you and I both found striking was how by and large post game, he's actually he's pretty soft spoken. Yeah. And Trevor is like that even more. Barnes, though, ha- always had that, that sort of that feel where he, he still might kill you. <laughs> he might, <laughs> yeah. if you, you know, there, probably not. Like, really, probably not. And, and we've gotten to know him a little bit since then, too. He was like a super good guy. But like, in those moments, there is, it was always a small possibility that he might shank you or something and trevor was didn't have that vibe no no um, but um but trevor though is somebody that very much is like look don't do something that feels it was sort of like the code like yeah. it was it was a very much a get off my lawn well like, here's the thing old guy i mean trevor is 35 now yeah, isn't he like 36 35 35 30 he's been around a long time it was very much like generational stuff and i oh god it was awesome the the other thing too that really quick i was thinking about with i have a feeling that trevor or other guys like him wouldn't get half as mad about this if it if the move itself wasn't called a nutmeg like a nutmeg makes it sound so much worse we we typically associate it with soccer yeah, uh, that's where this. You but know, like, the, you know, my kids are obsessed with megging their opponents. It's it's the equivalent. I mean, it's the basketball equivalent in some way of like almost kicking your opponent in the nard. It's it's, it's <laughs> like, no, I wouldn't say that. It's because that's that's dirty. No, no, no. I mean, without the violence. No, but it's, I'm just it's saying, an embarrassment. It's 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 essentially like pantsing them. Sure. I guess are it's you more a pantsing person? Or are you? Do you call it pantsing or depantsing? Pantsing. Right. That's um, the correct answer. I mean, I guess maybe it's... Can't pants you, by the way. You're not, not wearing it. in the nards. I, again, I didn't mean it violently. I meant it more just like it's, in movies, whenever somebody gets kicked in the nards, right. it's, considered, right, it's considered more humiliating than violent. Um, I guess it would be the equivalent of exposing one's nards uh, of your opponent. But either way... Perhaps by pantsing. That it's called a nutmeg. It doesn't help. Makes it way worse. Um, anyway, thank you, Trevor Ariza, for providing one of the great lines of all time that we will use. We are not here for the funnies. I don't like the funnies. <laughs> I like the funnies, yeah. but Trevor Ariza does not. All right, so lots to talk about next week. We'll be back. We're trying to line up a guest for the, the post game following the Lakers and the Clippers on Sunday afternoon at Staples Center. Uh, but until then, please review and uh, rate and subscribe to the Magic Hour podcast here at the Forum Club here at The Athletic. We'll see everybody next week.